Welcome to the Paragon Podcast, a podcast focusing on the needs of high net worth individuals and their families. We discuss the markets, tax strategies, and how to better manage wealth with the goal of living better for today while planning for tomorrow. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast and thank you for tuning in. I'm Elian Mendoza and I'm here with Evan Shorten from Spouter and Principal. Hello, I hope everyone is doing well. I know our listeners probably want to hear our thoughts on the current state of the market, so I'll keep the introduction brief. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast app, Stitcher Radio app, or to our YouTube channel. So with without further ado, let's jump right in. So 2022 has not been a great year for investors. Despite the S&P 500 peaking on January 4th of 2022, with an intraday price of 4,818 spot 62 by May of 16th of 2022 the S&P is down 18.16% year to date the Nasdaq is off to a worse start having peaked on November 22nd of 2021 and currently being down by 27.24 year to date and lastly outperforming the two indices the Dow Jones peaked January 5th 2022 at an all-time high of 36,952, spot 65, and only being down 13.99 year-to-date. So what's happening with markets? The reality is everything. Markets are dealing with an unprecedented amount of uncertainty regarding energy and food shortages, inflation, conflict in Ukraine, the Federal Reserve's quantitative tightening and interest rate hikes, To this day, we're still dealing with some of the lingering effects of the 2020 COVID-19 pandemic. So with that said, Evan, can you break down some of the headwinds going against the markets? Well, let's start with the 800-pound gorilla in the room, the Federal Reserve. If we think back to last year, the Federal Reserve Board committed themselves to reducing their balance sheet. Their comments of the balance sheet reduction alone increased volatility across all major indices with the biggest negative impact on the NASDAQ, which, as we mentioned, peaked last November. Then in March of this year, the Fed instituted the first rate hike since 2018, a second rate hike on May 4th, and the Fed is adamant about pursuing multiple rate hikes moving forward in its effort to fight inflationary pressures. So balance sheet expansion, reduction, and interest rate adjustments are some of the tools the Federal Reserve implements in what's called monetary policy. When the Fed expands the balance sheet and keeps interest rates low, monetary policy can be referred to as quantitative easing, or QE, which is a term you might be familiar with. When the Fed reduces the balance sheet and raises interest rates, monetary policy can be referred to as quantitative tightening, or QT. QE and QT are the primary tools used by the Fed in its efforts to maintain price stability throughout the economic cycle. Quantitative tightening can negatively impact stocks as stocks are considered risk assets and rising rates can make risk assets less attractive, especially those assets whose prices are heavily based on future potential instead of the current profitability. A second effect of quantitative tightening that can also negatively impact stocks is the balance sheet reduction. Essentially, the Federal Reserve is trying to take money out of the economy. 
an action that's also referred to as a liquidity reduction. Liquidity reductions take out some of the excess money that was being allocated to the most speculative investments, meaning a reduction in liquidity forces investors to pursue higher quality assets. A good way to illustrate this is to think about the major indices themselves. The Dow Jones is comprised of all large blue chip companies whose industries span banking, industrial sectors, energy, etc. It's also the best performing of the three major indices this year. The S&P, on the other hand, has heavily moved toward technology stocks in the last decade with 25% of the index being comprised of technology. The higher weighting to technology and the fact that technology is considered riskier means the Standard & Poor's has underperformed the Dow Jones. Moving down the quality spectrum, the NASDAQ has performed worst and is heavily comprised of high growth and technology stocks. And if you want to move even further down the risk spectrum, we can see the crypto markets, which have no business, no dividends, or even provide much value beyond buying and holding, have completely collapsed. Another way to think about risk versus reward in the current environment is through interest rates. With interest rates rising and the 10-year treasury bond floating near the 3% mark, many of the growth stocks or crypto coins that promise future returns but with little to no current profit will most likely continue to lose favor in comparison to a bond with a 3% guaranteed return. Evan, what else do you think is impacting equity markets? Well, if the Federal Reserve is the 800-pound gorilla in the room, I would say inflation is the 700-pound gorilla standing right behind uh, the previous. While the Federal Reserve's monetary policy is creating the biggest impact on stocks, the only reason the Fed is engaging in quantitative tightening is because of higher-than-normal inflation the economy started experiencing in the beginning of 2021, which has continued um, to the present time. On May 10th, AAA reported the national price of gasoline hit an all-time high, and on May 17th, they reported gasoline is officially above $4 a gallon in all 50 states for the first time ever, and $6 a gallon here in California. The Case-Shiller Index, which tracks housing, reported a 19.2% annual increase in home prices from January 2021 to January 2022. Redfin, the real estate brokerage, reported rents across the U.S. increased 14.1%. And the overall cost of food continues to rise as supply chain shortages continue around the world, stemming from both the COVID-19 pandemic and the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. Additionally, it's likely we'll continue to see rising food prices as many countries are choosing to hold their food exports in order to manage their own concerns around food security. So this is interesting. I pulled up a list of countries 
who are banning food exports, meaning they're choosing to hold on to their locally produced food. And so far, 14 countries have imposed bans on exporting food. Most notably are Ukraine and Russia, for obvious reasons, but also Argentina, Egypt, Turkey, and most recently, India, which announced a halt to its wheat exports. So it's looking more likely that higher inflation is going to persist. How long? Well, we can't really predict that, but as of now, it seems the Fed is committed to combating inflation for as long as the economy keeps printing high inflation numbers. Meaning, if we continue to see higher inflation, the Fed is most likely going to continue to increase rates, which in turn makes risk assets like stocks less attractive to own relative to bonds and their perceived safety. I also want to discuss another point directly related to inflation and the Fed. The Fed didn't know when to turn off quantitative easing. Even with Congress providing an estimated $10 trillion of stimulus to the economy throughout 2020, the Fed continued to pursue easy monetary policy. So how can we be sure the Fed will know when or how to back off the monetary tightening without adversely affecting the economy? I don't mean to sound overly critical. What the Federal Reserve does is incredibly difficult. They try to balance the line between minimizing the potential for recessions while also not letting an economy run too hot with inflation. It's a tall order, and the Fed doesn't always get it right. In fact, I don't know when they do. So with that, there is the general fear that the Fed might tighten too much and break the economy itself. The risk of over-tightening is even more prevalent when you consider the economy is most likely slowing down on its own due to the effects of inflation we previously touched on. Okay, that brings up another point as to why stocks have been performing negatively, and that's slowing growth in the economy. In fact, the term slowing growth is probably wrong at this point, as the U.S. Department of Commerce reported GDP fell by 1.4% in the first quarter of the year. Yes, and in fact, we have had some notable earnings reports for this earnings season so far. A few examples include Google or Alphabet reported weak earnings and significant slowdown in revenue. Amazon reported a decline in revenue while their expenses continued to rise. Apple, who despite reporting record earnings, warned of inflationary headwinds and supply chain issues as possibly impacting their business moving forward. Additionally, Target, Walmart, and Ross stores triggered this week's large sell-off when they reported what Wall Street considered to be disappointing earnings due to rapidly increasing inflation in the retail sector as both wages and shipping costs increased significantly. Despite corporate profits having surged to records uh, to new records throughout 2021, in 2022, corporations are seeing declining profits, albeit still positive overall. They're lowering their guidance expectations and not issuing guidance at all. And many are warning of fuel shipping and a waning consumer as headwinds for their businesses move forward. Okay, so Evan, with markets facing multiple headwinds, 
what are some things investors could do to shield themselves? Well, for starters, turn off the TV. Stop listening to all the news. Take a step back from all the negativity. And of course, don't turn off this podcast. Yes, markets are underperforming and it can be unnerving. The longer markets underperform, the more stressful it becomes. But don't forget, stocks as a whole may underperform, but not all sectors will underperform equally. Some may even outperform. For example, in the last year, we've seen a pretty big rotation from growth stocks to value stocks. As part of that rotation, we've seen some sectors like commodities, energy, and utilities become some of the best performing sectors. Additionally, there are other sectors that perhaps may not outperform but can keep up with current conditions. For example, if rents are rising at a fast pace, residential reach could do well too. I also want to point out one last thing. If interest rates are rising, then bonds are becoming more attractive. If the 10-year Treasury bond continues to rise and possibly even approach 4%, increasing your bond allocation may not be a bad course of action, especially if you're already enjoying a retirement and your investment priorities are capital preservation and income. Okay, so hopefully you found this episode of the Paragon Podcast informative. We understand no one enjoys down markets, and frankly, we're navigating uncharted waters in equity markets, bond markets, and the economy. If you have any questions, uncertainty, or want to discuss your portfolio and financial condition, please don't hesitate to give us a call or reach out to us, or reach out to us by email. We know this episode is a little longer than most, so I'll simply ask that you subscribe to the podcast, and thank you for tuning in. The Paragon Podcast is brought to you by the professionals at Paragon Financial Partners, a registered SEC investment advisor. The topics discussed herein are for informational purposes only and should not be considered as a solicitation or offer to purchase or sell any securities. The financial strategies and guidelines discussed herein may not be appropriate for everyone as each individual circumstance is unique. Please review all tax information with your tax professional. Please review all legal information with your legal professional. If you have any questions or would like additional information, please visit our website at paragonfinancialpartners.com or email us at info at paragonfinancialpartners.com.